0: In chapter 1 of Luke's account of the gospel, we'll be reading verses 39 through 56. The word of our Lord from the gospel says, Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah, and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has regarded the lowly estate of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. And return to our house. Let's pray. Stir up your power. O Lord. With great might come among us. Because we are sorely hindered. By our sins and by our faults. Let your boundless grace and mercy. Speedily help and deliver us. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We're celebrating the holy days. These are indeed days which are holy, they are days which are special. They are days in which God longs to visit us in special ways. They are days in which God longs to speak to us in special ways. These are days that we've set aside to prepare not just for Christmas Day, but to prepare also for our Lord's return. For He says that He is coming again and He is always good on His promises. And what are we looking for? You know, we encourage our kids to make lists of things that they would long for for Christmas. I can't tell you how many times my kids have been in the checkout aisle of Kroger or Walmart or wherever we happen to be and have been asked, so what are you asking, Sandy, for Christmas? What are we looking for? What is it that we're Watching the skies for. The scriptures tell us that we're looking for a king to come. We're looking for a king to come to order his kingdom, to bring justice to his world. A king is not intended to be a tyrant. A king is intended to be a leader who brings peace and restoration, who puts the kingdom together. In our case, as we long for the king of the universe, we're longing for one to come and to put the world back together, to put the world back to rights. That's why the Scriptures are filled with Images of what that might look like. And most of those are kind of crude, physical, natural images. The mountains will be brought low and the valleys will be exalted. The trees will cry out. The rocks would even cry out. All of the created order is longingly waiting for her king to come to put things back together. There will be no more tears, no more crying, no more hurt, no more pain, no more sorrow. But in the meantime, as we await that return of our King, we're tempted by the temptation of frustration. You know, prophecy works in such a way that it tantalizes and gives us a bit of what it calls us to, a bit of what it calls us to long for, and yet there's a not yet element to it. We read passages like this where Mary sings her Magnificat and she she cries out that the Lord has done great things, that He has brought redemption, that His arm has come to deliver, that He has exalted those who are lowly, that He has brought justice and righteousness. Righteousness. That even her name will be spoken of in blessing for all ages. And we think, well, Lord, what gives? There's still hurting in the world. There's still poverty in the world. We're still surrounded by wars and turmoil. We're still surrounded by, by powers that, that have become power hungry. We're still surrounded by starvation. What gives, Lord? See, we are called as we await our Lord's return. We are called to live now in what could be called the not yet. Our King has come, He has established His kingdom, but He has gone away. And He will return again to fulfill His kingdom. And in the meantime, we are called to live in this period of the not yet. Christ has already come, and yet Christ will come again. Christ has come to redeem, but the fullness of that redemption is not yet known. All we know at this point are the first fruits of that redemption. We know what it is to be redeemed people. We know what it is to live with the hope of redemption. We know what it is to live as people whose lives are being put back together. But we live still in the not yet. We still live with infirmities. We still live with hurts. We still live with pains. But we are called to be a balm to the world. We're called to live a kingdom life. We are called as the church, as the body of Christ, to live in the reality of the kingdom. For the king has come and the king is coming again. So our job is to be about the business of the kingdom. And the scriptures tell us that that kingdom's law is love and that kingdom's gospel or news is peace. And love requires action on our part. You've never known a passive love. You have only known the love that has been been expressed in word and in deed. Some of us find it hard to tell people that we love them. Show it. Some of us think, what can I do? What can I do to show my love? Fine, say it. We're called as the church, as the body of Christ, to live as though that baby who was born has already established his kingdom. We read in the prophet Isaiah that a king is coming. Not a king like we would normally think of. We read of a kingdom who was born as an infant. That's how God works. God takes what we think of as being logical and what we think of as being reasonable, what we think of as being, of course, the way things have to be. And he says, forget that. I'm going to do something that's going to blow your mind. A king is coming and, and the governments will be upon his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father. And he's going to be a baby Born from the womb of a mom. That ought to startle us. See the way of the kingdom is not the way of the world. The way of the kingdom is quite different. The way of the world is power. Not love. The way of the world is might, not peace. But our king beckons us to live in the joy and live in the celebration of what it means to be part of his kingdom. Our hearts are filled with joy when we hear the news that someone's expecting a child. When we hear the news that a child has been born, we say, unbelievable praise the Lord we get excited as we all our king the eternal son of God the one by whom all of the worlds were formed the one who is the word of the father became flesh and dwelt among us he became a baby Push that back. He became a fetus. Push that back. He became a zygote. There's another step in there, and I can't remember what it is. Who? Embryo. Embryo. He became an embryo. Think of that. God says, This is how I redeem the world. Not by sending my son with a sword on a horse to slay his enemies. I redeemed the world by sending my son to become one of you. To establish a kingdom. One day he will return with a sword. He will return riding on a horse. But as we await that day, we live in this time of the not yet. We live as people who are surrounded by darkness, people who are surrounded by hurt, people who are surrounded by anxiety, by loss and by death. And we're given the choice, will we curse the darkness or will we light a light? You know, the candles of Advent remind us That Christ is the light of the world. And we normally think of candles and we think, oh, how sweet and how cute. And we think we think it's lovely to see candles, you know, in a window at night. We think it's probably electric and plugged in. I had those growing up as a kid. A little little candle you plug in, the bulb would burn out every few days or so, you'd have to replace the bulb. And we think, oh, how sweet. You no, know, we think of candles as little dainty things, little you know if we're honest with ourselves we we think of them kind of silly and trite, but candles remind us they remind us that light is inextinguishable by darkness. The light has come into the world john the 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 evangelist said. And the darkness could not comprehend it. The darkness could not extinguish it. The darkness could not blow it out. In the darkest of rooms, a single candle emits light that the darkness cannot overpower. It doesn't matter how much darkness there is. The darkness itself cannot overpower it. And these candles, they remind us, but they also proclaim to us that Jesus is Lord, which is the testimony of His kingdom. It is the testimony of the church. The the Apostle Paul said that no one can declare that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. We sing that He is Lord. We proclaim that He is Lord. We proclaim that this world is His, that He is its rightful King, that He has created it. He has redeemed it, and He will put it back together in the end. He is the light of the world, and He calls us to live as light in the world. And so as the church, we are called to live as though this reality of Christ's lordship were actually true. Because it is. Mary's heart was filled with excitement, but was filled with a proclamation that God was doing something, that God was bringing justice, that God was bringing order, that God was putting lives back together, that God was putting the world back together. Elizabeth said, What in the world have I done to earn this privilege? That the mother of my Lord would come and visit me. Even the baby, John the Baptist, in Elizabeth's womb, knew in whose presence he was. He leapt for joy, for his king had come. Blessed is she who believed, Elizabeth said. For there will be a fulfillment. The day is coming. That God's promises to His people will be fulfilled. And blessed are those who believe. Who believe not just some mental idea. Who believe not just some real heartfelt sincerity. But who believe In the activity of their lives. You remember Mary's belief was seen in the fact that she yielded herself. That she said, let it be done to me. What you have said. Use me. Her belief was substantiated by her obedience. By her submission. We're called to live as... Ambassadors of the king. As people who inhabit a kingdom. Surrounded by all of the powerful and power hungry kingdoms of this world. We are called to live as citizens of a heavenly kingdom. Not a kingdom that will one day escape the world and leave it to rot. But a kingdom that will come to the world and will be established upon the earth. And will bring healing to the nations. Now how do we live as citizens of that kingdom? How do we live as ambassadors of our king? The question is, how do we honor our king? As we're called to celebrate, as we're called to express joy, as we're called to proclaim the gospel, we are called to honor the king, to bring him the honor, do His name. And we honor Him not by having louder voices than others, not by having brighter signs than others, not by having verses printed out in our yard that others don't have, not by saying Merry Christmas when they tell us Happy Holidays. We honor our King by the way in which we live. We honor our King firstly by loving one another. Jesus told His disciples, this is how the world will know that you are My disciples, by that you carry a really thick, thick, black leather bound Bible. By that you... Have verses memorized and can quote them to people when you talk with them. By that, you can pray in public and not get embarrassed. Jesus said, the world will know you are my disciples by how you love one another. He said this, after washing their feet. Your love for one another is what honors the king. Your love for one another is what preaches the gospel to the, king, to, to the world. We honor the king secondly by caring for those in need. By caring for those in need. We are surrounded by opportunities to care for the needy. We've heard just this morning of an opportunity. Not a responsibility. It is that. Not a job or a duty. But an opportunity to care for people in need, kids without home, kids without presence. And we have the opportunity to be a blessing to them. That's what honors the king. Jesus said, "Whatever you do unto the least of these my brothers, you do unto me." When you go, and visit a prisoner, you go and visit me. When you go and visit the sick, you go and visit me. When you go and give a coat to one who is cold, you give a coat to me. When you go and even give a glass of water to someone who is thirsty, you give a glass of water to me. We could paraphrase and say, when you put together a stocking and take it to a kid who is an orphan, you do that for me. That stocking is a gift to me. We honor the king. Thirdly. By fostering peace. And hope. And joy. I use the term fostering. Very intentionally. Because it's a word. We typically don't use. We use it in very few contexts. But it's easy to say, you know, to preach peace, hope, or joy, or to proclaim it. It's easy to say, you know, we kind of live it out. What does that mean? We're called to be people who foster peace and hope and joy. And to foster means you bear it within yourself. It's not just something you cultivate, something that's out there that you can kind of go to like a garden and work on. It's something that you bear within yourself. A foster family bears a child within the home. It is something that we bring into ourselves and therefore it has an effect on the world around us. On the world of another. And we are called to foster peace and hope and joy. And we can't foster peace and hope and joy unless we live in their reality. You can't foster joy unless you have joy. Unless you've borne it in your soul. You can't foster hope if you're in despair and have no way out, no hope. You can't foster peace If you're not a peacemaker yourself, if you're not one who seeks for reconciliation and life being put back together, peace is not just the cessation of war, peace is about relationships being restored. called to live in the reality of a kingdom that is not yet. It's already here. But it's not yet fully here. It's already here among us. We can hear its whispers. We can hear the trumpets far off just very faintly. We see remembrances of the rightful king. Like signposts throughout our town. This kingdom belongs to our Emmanuel. And we're called to be, not just His followers, but we're called to be His ambassadors. Called to live lives that honor our King. And here is how we bring... To our King, an honor fit for Him. By loving, by caring, by fostering. This week I want to encourage you. As you celebrate these holy days, David mentioned it earlier, you might already... You might feel like there's no way to slow down. It is going full speed. We're, going, we're about two-thirds of the way down the big drop on the roller coaster. There's no stopping. You can close your eyes for a moment and say a quick prayer as you plummet to the bottom. Yes, Advent is beyond halfway over. But there's still today. There is no tomorrow. There's still today. As we celebrate these holy days. Do something that is holy. Now we think of doing something as holy. That means receiving communion. That is reading our Bibles. That is praying our prayers. Do something holy. Something that reflects the character of God the different way He behaves. I want to encourage you, get involved in the, the stocking ministry that Kelly shared with us. And I want to encourage you to do something for your neighbor this week. And I mean literally, your neighbor. Something. Some of your baking cookies, baking your brownies, making fudge, Pull a dozen aside. And take it to a neighbor. I can tell you. Your neighbors will be blown away. They'll think. That's weird. <laughs> are are they the Cleaver family? Sometimes love needs to kind of startle. I was just thinking about you. And. Wanted to be a blessing to you. I promise you, you won't have to hand them a little Bible tract. You won't have to have a, a few verses of scripture crammed into your mind to try to spew out to them. I promise you, there'll be more conversations if we keep our eyes open. It is in. The way we live, the way we love, the way we care, the way we foster peace and hope and joy in a world that knows no peace, no hope, and no joy. It is in this that we bring to our Lord an honor. Fit for the King. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we come to you. We come as your people, and we come in your name. We come bringing who we are to You, bringing our gifts, bringing our treasures, bringing our hopes, our dreams. Lord, we come bringing our days and our time. And Lord, we pray that You would bless it. We pray that You would bless what we bring, for it is of ourselves. We pray that You would open our eyes and open our ears to the lives of others open our hearts open our minds help us to open our homes and our time enable us to live even now in the reality of a kingdom that is not yet fully come Enable us to live as people of peace, of hope, and of joy, so that we might live as people of love. We pray all this, Lord Jesus, in your name. Amen.